Welcome back to the Enemies List. I'm Rick Wilson. Today we're joined by George Conway, where we will talk about Donald Trump's psychology, his legal jeopardy, and his campaign, which is now almost inevitable in 2024. There was also maintained what was called an enemies list. Democrats want Republicans dead. Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. (laughs) I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. Hey, folks, welcome to the second episode of The Enemies List. And today joining me is my special guest and good friend, George Conway. I'm oh delighted you accepted and uh, glad to have you with me as always. Does that mean I'm at the top of the list? No, no, no. You're, well, you're, you're at somebody's enemies list. You're very close to the top. But uh-huh. um, on this show, we're going to try to identify the enemies of democracy and the, you know, the, the, old, the old-fashioned American way of life thing and, uh, and, and give them what for. And, and this is, this the, is what, a 20-minute podcast or an oh, hour? I mean, it's, it's going to take it, like months. Well, look, this, this is the second episode, man. We got, oh, we've got, we've okay. got, sadly or happily, we've got a long road to go. Oh, so, but welcome to the podcast as always. And, and, you know, America knows you as one of the people who is one of the greatest anthropologists of Donald Trump's brain out there. And I'm curious. I don't know if that's a, a good thing. <laughs> no, believe me, we both, I think, live a little too much. Uh, in I think, Trump's I head. think you, I, I think you're, you're as much of an anthropologist of, of that particular I, I probably, mass of jelly um, as anyone else. I probably am. It's probably why I don't sleep much. Yeah. But so listen, I had a couple, I, I had a couple of thoughts uh, that I wanted to run by you today and get your take on a few things. So the elections are coming up in, and two big things are going on right now. First, you know, all the signs out of Mar-a-Lago are that Trump is preparing himself for a big reveal on either election night or very shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on the first level, I wanted to ask you- And I you, take what it it's th- not going to be a pole dance. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. You know, unless this new lawyer has really got some moves we haven't seen yet. Yeah. But uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are and where do you think his head is at right now on, is he running again because he wants to go back to the power, the grift, the scam, or is he going to run again because he thinks he can avoid prosecution? All of the above. Mm. I think- he runs again because he wouldn't be able to bear seeing somebody else take the limelight away from him, such as um, some other guy in Florida, for example, um, or some guy who should be hung in his view. Mm -hmm. Uh, He certainly would, you know, that, that would compel him. He wants to be in control. He knows that if he is not the nominee or he declares, makes clear that he is not running, um, he gets no attention anymore. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is he always viewed the presidency as a security blanket against legal liability, including criminal liability. New York Times, I mean, Maggie Haberman reported that multiple times. Mm -hmm. And I would recall one of the first times I ever had a conversation with him was on his 757 on the way down to a pre-inaugural event. And he asked me, "Uh, should I keep Preet Bharara as the U.S. attorney in New York. And I thought, well, you know, I just, 
I guess you should appoint your own people wherever you can. But I it didn't occur to me then what I sure I'm sure of now was he was thinking about his own skin there. Is he sure. deep down? I mean, sure. that's just, he's always thinking about himself. He's not thinking about anybody else. It wasn't a matter of, you know, prosecutorial policy and, 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 um, and, and setting, setting priorities at the Department of Justice. I mean, it never is. So, right. I mean, I, I think there, I think it's interesting to me. I want to get your thoughts on this. There is this sense right now inside the, the, the emergent Republican majority in the House that they're going to try to go after DOJ to do Trump's bidding. They're going to go after Chris Ray. They're going to go after Merrick Garland. They're going to go after the National Security Division. They're going to try to do the sort of Benghazi-style investigations against them in order to prevent them from really pushing forward on Trump. How effective do you think that strategy is going to be against this Department of Justice? I, I don't – look, I think if, the, if, if Merrick Garland makes the decision to prosecute on – any number of these issues, principally, I think right now the the one to look at is the the documents stolen document mm-hmm. scandal. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to make a difference at all. I think it, if anything, it's going to make them more determined. I I, I don't think that they're going to. I mean, the the, the Trump administration showed how um, you can basically stonewall an investigation uh, by Congress, and I think they can they can issue all the subpoenas they want, but. The, the the executive branch in this case with legitimate interest in prosecuting a bad person who's done bad things um, can basically refuse to produce information about its investigation and its prosecution while it's ongoing. I don't think there's going to be a, I, I don't think they're going to have a way to enforce it. They can, you know, they're going to create a circus. That's what they will do, right. a circus that they can they can talk about on Fox News all they want. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that has the potential for, you know, a destructive effect because of its effect on, on certain people who watch that. But I don't think it's, I, I think if anything, it, it's, it's, it's going to make the prosecutors more determined. And frankly, I don't think any judge is going to like it. So George, give us a sort of, you know, you follow this very, very closely. Give us a 30,000 foot overview of where you think the prosecution of Trump or the potential prosecution of Trump stands today, because it seems to everyone on the outside, especially to us non non attorneys, that he keeps wrapping himself tighter and tighter in more and more problems. Yeah, in, in how he's handling this. Yeah, I mean he's he he's been playing a kind of Russian roulette with the law for a long time now, and you know sooner or later something's going to come back and 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 blow up on him. And I think the one the one the the one is, that's going to do that first. Let's leave aside the Georgia prosecution. I'm talking from the federal prosecution standpoint. Is is this document scandal? Because it is very simple. It is not like the January sixth case. I mean, the January sixth case. The difficulty, you know, originally people conceived of it as did he criminally incite violence that day, and that's a hard, that's a hard burden to show because the First Amendment allows a lot of rhetoric that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, could incite people, but, you know, people talk about all sorts of, you know, metaphors every day that use all those sorts of metaphors that you know, don't necessarily incite violence, I have but they're, so myself. I, yes, yes. And, um, the difference is of course he, he actually was doing it, but he, he was actually doing it even successful in inciting violence and he intended to incite violence, but proving that beyond a reasonable doubt is going to be difficult unless you have direct communications, I think, between Trump or, 
or through through Roger Stone uh, with you know some of the Proud Boys or some of the people the insurrectionists directly. Some of, I just some don't of the think, Willard yeah, I, so guys. I don't yeah I don't think that that you know I don't think that's a fruitful line of investigation. I do think an effort to prosecute him for inciting violence would be difficult, but I think it's pretty clear that a decent case can be made, a very good case can be made, in fact, on, about um, his violating 18 U.S.C. 371, which prohibits conspiracies to defraud the United States, and 18 U.S.C. 1512C and K, which prohibit uh, intemp- uh, corrupt attempt- in attempts to interfere with official proceedings, um, the official proceeding there being the January 6th count mm-hmm. of electoral votes before Congress. And I think, I mean, basically what you have to show is the, is the, the intent to use deceit in the first, in the, in the conspiracy to fraud charge. You have to show an intent to use deceit into, to, 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 to basically, um, perverting a function of government. And that's what they were right. doing through the fake electors and through the lies that he told. And, 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 and then the obstruction, the same, same thing. Uh, it's corrupt to lie and corrupt to, to fake electoral votes and corrupt to try to get the vice president to, to violate his constitutional and legal duties, among other things. I mean, there are no, a number of threads there. And then the violence can be used, um, his attempt to, 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 you know, his lies the fact that he was told repeatedly that he lost, the fact that he actually admitted to people like Alyssa Farah and Hope Hicks and to, I think, my wife, that basically he lost. He says, how could I lose to this fucking guy? I think a number of people could end up testifying to that. And, um, you know, that altogether is is a fairly decent, it should be a pretty decent case um, under those two statutes. Now it's complicated though, because there were just, there's a, were a lot of things going on, a lot of people involved. It's, it's a, it's, it's a complicated case. So it's like, that's why I focus a lot on the documents case. It's a lot simpler. The metaphor I've been using is it's, you're the U S attorney in the Southern district of New York and you're going after the five families and, and you want to bring this big Rico case and gets everybody in along with the capo Capo de Capi? How do you, how do you say that? Capo de Tutti Capi. Capo de Tutti Capi. Okay, you're very good at that. And, you know, it just takes a while. It's, it's a lot of work. Whereas the documents case, the Mar-a-Lago documents case is like, okay, you're the U.S. attorney and you're, you've got this RICO case on the side. And it's going right. to take a couple of years or three years or whatever. And the FBI is working on it. You've got 30 people working on it. And the NYPD calls you and says, hey, we just got this. We, we just busted these guys who were loading jewelry on a, jewelry onto a truck at, at, at Kennedy Airport, and the big the big guy was 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 there. He was driving the truck. And it's like <laughs> right, you know right. <laughs> that case is it. That case is you could put that yeah, case on in a day. Okay? Right. <laughs> you just put the cop on and say something. And that's kind of like that. That's that's the metaphor I use for the document. He stole the documents. He sure. went through them. The evidence appears to be that he went through them himself. He tried to get his lawyers to lie. He did get his lawyers to lie. Mm-hmm. And um, he was he jerked around the archives for a, a year and a half. He, he, he defied a subpoena by, by refusing to produce the documents in response to a valid subpoena and then, and then making a representation through his counsel that, they, that all the documents have been produced. I mean, he has done everything possible to aggravate this. And, you know, if, if he had given the documents back in 
early, you know, sometime last year when the when the archives had first started asking for him, they probably he'd probably have gotten a pass. But he right. he just he just dug himself deeper and deeper a hole. And if any one more thing comes out, I think he's already I think it's gonna be difficult for the Justice Department to pass on a prosecution as it is. But if any additional evidence comes out that there are still more documents either at Mar-a-Lago or Bedminster or right. Trump Tower. Jared's, the trunk of Jared's car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Ivana's grave. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if anything more, it's it's like they they just they just they just have to. I think they all do have to, but it's just we just push them so far over the top that they would really have no choice. They would they right. they could Merrick Garland would not be able to face the public and say that you know, he's pursuing equal justice under law uh, if, 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 if he doesn't bring the cases. Because if you or I had done this, if a chairman of the Joint Chiefs 100%. had done this, uh, like if a national security advisor or the, or the CIA director had done this, we, we'd already yeah. be in the slammer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay. I've said this. I've said this a lot. I, you know, when I worked for Dick Cheney, when he was Secretary of Defense, as a very junior guy, I was a, as a junior nobody. But if I had taken a top secret document, well, my last did you have more hair than he did then? I I did have more hair than he did okay. then. I still had hair at that time. Okay. <laughs> Folks, I had glow, glowing golden locks until 2015, and Trump, and just the stress just killed me. <laughs> now, Everything um, Tom, but, Trump touches dies. Right, including my hairline. Now, but um, if I had walked out of the building on my last day with a box of, of top-secret documents oh my God. That, that five minutes before I had access to, that five minutes before I had access to, but then the moment I walk out the door, I take them with me, yeah. I would still be in jail. Right, you you absolutely would. You you would have gotten the knock on the door from the FBI, yeah. you know, the next morning, and yeah, at six a.m. You know, and and nobody would have heard from you since, and you would have played I mean, guilty. You know, one thing I was curious about, George, he's gone through lawyers. I mean, obviously, not paying them is a big factor, but he's gone through so many attorneys, and now there almost feels like now he is like pulling people out from behind the bus station. Yeah. To, to represent him. I mean, and the latest one where he's posing with f- pictures of her on his plane. I mean, that one, that seems like it's got more than just legal overhang to it right I now. I missed that picture. I have oh, to, it's, I'm gonna have to go. he had a very sort of regal pose with her sitting on the, on the 757. Which one? Alina? Uh, Alana, 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 Habib, 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 Habib. But I mean, I, I just, sure. I, I feel like he's going to go through. A lot Look, more. she has a she. I mean, I, 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 she has a very um, 
sophisticated and experienced practice defending parking garages. I don't know what your I don't know your problem. Uh, obviously, is. and if, yeah. if these documents have been hidden in a parking garage and they mm-hmm. were about parking garages, and Trump was a parking garage magnate, you know, mm-hmm. she yeah. might be exactly Absolutely. the person you wanted. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's sort so, of similar. I mean, a, a car technically is a le- when you when you park it, it's like a and you give it to a valet. It's a it's called a legal bailment. They get to they get to hold on to the car for a while. So maybe he's she's going to use bailment law to say, oh, she, he was just holding on to these documents. I I, I will be yeah. surprised by nothing yeah, in the legal yeah, gymnastics right. that that are to come. So George, one of the things that I've been keeping a very close eye on in the in the in the the slow motion return of Trump to the public stage. Uh, as we see all these signs and portents out of Mar-a-Lago, you know, it's circled like crows circling in the sky, smoke from the chimneys, some days black, some days white, all the things that are, that are you know, presaging a Trump return. One of the things that we're hearing from a lot of people is that Elon Musk is closing his Twitter deal and that Donald will be back on the mach- on the Twitter machine within hours after that. What are your thoughts on that? And, and do you think he's still got the juice? And are you looking forward to it or dreading it? I hate to say it, but I'm kind of looking forward to it because Me I think too. it just gives me, it's just, <laughs> he's so off his rocker and he's gotten worse. If you look at, if you've been following truth, those social, truth things, he's, like, Woo! he's just, I, I just think he's, you know, and, and, and he incriminates himself when he makes statements. It's like, I just think he's just going to bury himself. Um, I don't think it's really going to help him. And I think at this point, knock on wood, I think there are enough knives out in the Republican Party that he's going to end up, um, you know, I think there's going to be a big fight between now and 2024 within the Republican Party because I I think, I think people sense weakness, the people who have not yet shown courage. Uh, even even Mike Pence referring to the fact that oh, I might prefer someone else to be the right. nominee. Right. You know, that was I mean, the most passive aggressive the, Mike. And Mike was, Pence is like the king of passive aggressive. Oh my gosh! It's like that was like whoa. That was like that was those are those are, are violent right. for, for words. Pence, those are violence like for Mike Pence to say that. Right. That's like somebody taking a baseball right. bat to you. You know, <laughs> if, and, if you're Mike Pence. And 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 you know, and and DeSantis does not. You know, he's, he appears to want to play even, you know, even the, the lackiest of the lackeys, uh, Mike Pompeo is right. gearing up. Ted okay. Cruz, so they, they, there's, Mike Pompeo. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 there's, they, they, these are, these are, these are sharks and there's blood in the water and you know, they're, they're counting on, I mean, they're counting on Merrick Garland in part, which, which is interesting. Um, the same way that right. when <laughs> you remember the February 13, 2021 speech that, uh, um, Mitch gave, Mitch McConnell gave on the oh, Florida yes. Senate, you know, he was saying, we do have a criminal law in this country. It's like, you know, please, like, please, please indict this guy. Right. Everything, right. All these people want to see him go to jail. It's the funny, it's the funniest thing. I mean, well, you know, they, that's, they that's, may actually it, want him to go to jail more than you and I do. Which, which is, which I find ironic, but yes. I think you're absolutely yeah, right. Absolutely. Because, you know, look, I like the other night, everybody's got a morning ritual. I know I do. And I want to feel like I'm getting my day going. I want to feel like I'm moving. And more than coffee sometimes, it's making sure you're clean, squared away, put together. You can get your day started by upping your shave game with Harry's sleekest razor yet, the craft handle. 
I like to use it because I've got to shave this giant dome of mine every day. So I got to keep it shiny. I have a beard, but I keep my neck clean front and back. Do all the miscellaneous trimming. And the new craft handle, it actually is a lot more precision, at least that I found, with the new grip. I really like it a lot. You'll be getting quality shaving for a really amazing price. For now, they're offering the craft handle starter set for 10 bucks. It's a $17 value, so this is something you really should try. And if you don't like it, it's on them, guys. They stand behind the product. They guarantee it. How can you get a hold of the craft handle, the latest, greatest from Harry's? It's simple. Get it delivered to your door for 10 bucks at harrys.com slash enemies list. That's harrys.com slash enemies list. I watched Ron DeSantis debate Charlie Crist, who is, you know, kind of a worn out yeah, yeah, yeah. figure. And DeSantis was brought in like maybe a C plus C, some places C minus performance. Yeah, he, he's if you're not, Donald Trump yeah. watching that, you got to think, I can take this guy. Yeah. But can he take the whole dog pack is the question. Yeah. I maybe. mean, look, I, I, look but what, the thing 20, is, I did it in 2015. It, it's the, look, the only way anybody, I, 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 the only way somebody beats Trump is, I mean, first of all, there has to be more on the legal front, I think. Um, Trump has to get crazier and crazier, which I think is a reasonable supposition. And I think there has to be a united opposition. There has to be really one 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 opponent, which I don't really see happening. Yeah. It could happen. Um, you know, if it was just maybe one-on-one DeSantis against Trump, there might be a chance. But you got to go hammer and tong at him. You've got to go hammer. In fact, in fact, I, I mean, I think, I think uh, you know, uh, DeSantis would need you to help him with his campaign <laughs> um, and to, to, to trigger the guy and to make him and basically just, I mean, Hey, yeah, where's I the wall? You know, and you gotta, you gotta do it a little bit. You gotta do it a little differently than say the Lincoln project has done it. You'd have to say, Hey, where's the wall? Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, you go at him do from, a little go at that. Him from the, do it, go yeah. at him from the right. Right. Go at him from the right. And then also really point out to people how much money he grifted from them you know, saying that he was dealing, you know, he was, he was trying to remedy a fake election when in fact it's just going to his lawyers and going to, you know, uh, expensive consultants and whatnot. That yeah. was an ad I did earlier this year yeah. where we said, you know, the, the suckers here are all you. No, I, 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 I want to see you. I, I, I'd like to see you hired by DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a pretty low probability. I, I, I agree, it's a low probability, <laughs> but maybe you know we can, we, we, we you know we we can put all a, hands put a to disguise, the oars. Uh, disguise you or something. Put your golden yes. golden locks back on and right. call you. Oh, we have this consultant named Ricardo Wilson, and he's uh, he's he's excellent. Ricardo Williams. Ricardo yes, Williams. He's, yes, he's from with his golden, Argentina. He's from Argentina with his golden locks, and he he cuts these amazing ads and. So, well, I think, um, I think, you know, one of the things that may end up saving Trump in the 2024 primary is you do have all these people who want to play. Yeah. And that's the, that's and, the problem. And it's the, it's the 2016 problem. Yeah. It's the 2016. So he's like 15%. So, he's got an advantage. I mean, may, you know, from the, from a pro-democracy standpoint, there's bad news and good news. The bad news is he's probably going to get the nomination if he runs and he seeks it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if he's running, you know, while under indictment or at, you know, def- sitting in the dock in a courtroom, sure. he's just going to try to use that to inflame his base. I think it's going to mm-hmm. alienate the Senate. So, so that, that that's the, that's the good news. And the, but the, also the good news is going to be that there's going to, it's going to embolden the Republicans who say, hey, look, he's just, he's just, he's just 
pushing us over the cliff. He's, 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 he's bringing us over right. the cliff. The problem is you don't need 50% to win Nope. The, the Republican nomination, you know, they, they, they changed the rules, of, you know, because of Newt. Listen, you hold, let's right? just say, look, look, game it out, man. Yeah. He goes into Iowa, yeah. New Hampshire, South Carolina, right. and he's got 20% of the vote already in the bag. Right. So he gets 10 or 15% more. And more, and, and that's, and then by the, other yeah. people in the race. And by March, it's over. all, and by March, it's winner take all, whether or not you have a majority or not. All right. I mean, right. I don't, I mean, and right. I, and they probably made the, I haven't, I don't, I'm not an expert on the RNC rules, but they probably made the rules even more pro, um, they did pro they Trump did. or pro in pro leader, um, pro front runner, um, in 2020. Because they were trying they to, did. they were trying to make sure that nobody else caused possibly get traction. So, you know, the Republican Party has really put itself into a bind. But you know, it, it could, it could be a very, very nasty um, division thing. And I, and I think there's some truth into. Uh, I, I think there's truth in what Liz Cheney has been saying. That is, if he gets the nomination, it's going to be the end of the Republican Party. It's going to be that it's going to splinter. Yeah, it's, 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 look, I mean, and I think that's what has to happen. I think that's what has to happen. I think historically, I agree. I mean, historically, I mean, there, there is no redemption, no saving the current Republican party. It is rotten to the core. It is, it is basically grift. It's, 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 it's controlled by grift and lies and, and disinformation and people. And it's driven people who would, you know, honest people out of the party. And, and, and it's basically rewarded the most dishonest, um, and encourage some people who I thought were not horrible to be horrible. And so I think that, you know, I think this is one of those moments where the best hope would be something like, you know, in the, in the early 1800s or, the, you know, the before, the, yeah, the Whig party, the, the, you know, there are parties that sometimes there are their collapses. And I, you know, the system equilibrates with two parties because of the, the, you know, single member districts and I'm not a political scientist, but single member districts at first past the post, that means you really can only have two viable political parties at a time, but that doesn't mean one of them can't crack up and you might have a, you know, a kind of a, a period in between where there's a little disorder. And I think mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I mean look, look, the Whig party and, and people, conservatives who are anti-Trump have this sort of sense of despair, like there's nowhere for us to go. But here, let's, it's important to remember the Whig party in 1854, when it died, four years later, the Republican party had yeah. replaced it. Yes. And Abraham Lincoln, and was, Abraham was, Lincoln was elected president. Well, that, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's didn't, it didn't work out all of our problems, but, uh, you know, it's tough to see that now, right. but, uh, but I mean, I, I genuinely think that the democratic party has a progressive slash, you know, uh, mainstream schism. The Republican party has a very, very large MAGA schism and a very small principled conservative schism. But these things, these things are, are often more consequential and faster than people anticipate and i think there's something you know and he's a catalyzing force in these things that always makes people completely crazy and it may end up being that you know at some point republicans get get um exhausted yeah the, well, i think the, they are i think the there is an exhaustion already i think you see it by the smaller crowds i think you know i i i think people it's the same it's boring it's not interesting anymore it's not Fox News, the problem from Fox News is like, I mean, playing Trump over and over again, saying the same things he was saying a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. I mean, they need something new um, to keep the yeah, ratings I mean, up. Somebody and, the other day said, 
you know, Trump in 2016 was like, like Elvis, uh, you know, in the fifties. And then he was fat Elvis in 2020. Yeah, no, it was, there was a novelty aspect. There was a novelty aspect of it that drew people. There's no question about it. And you, you know, I, I said in, there was this documentary that I participated in called unfit on Trump's mental Mm -hmm. state. And one of the things I said was, you know, Donald Trump was a practical joke that got out of hand. And that's yes. basically what happened. It's like he was interesting. Mm-hmm. He, 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 you know, it was fun to provoke the libs, but it turned out the libs were right about him. Well, they weren't even, they weren't even half right about him. They were just, right. you know, he was much worse than they, they ever said he was. And nothing normal ever happened. He was never, he never normalized himself, which, you know, and to the credit of the people who saw it faster than I did, um, um, they were right. Well, I think, I, I think that, yeah, the, the the current version of Donald Trump is the Elvis imitator in Branson. Yes, and he's it's not it is not as exciting. I think it is still, again, it still may be more than sufficient to win the primary uh, for president. Yeah, twenty twenty. I mean, because you know, they, 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 there's still and you know, be twenty or twenty five percent of people who are just going to do it mm-hmm. to give the finger to the rest of the world, and then they're going to buy into the. The, the, the tune he's going to play of victim being the victim um, with all right. these prosecutions, even though he's guilty of sin. So, George, if a candidate came out to you and said, I know you're an attorney, not a campaign consultant, but what would you recommend to me is the best way to rattle Trump's cage? Well, how would you how would you fuck with Trump in this presidential campaign of 20? I would have Rick Wilson making ads <laughs> that basically go after him. And, you know, I mean, those ads that you cut um, when you have that woman with the voicing donald 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 <laughs> i may have her on the show anonymously donald we know you did it everyone knows <laughs> you did it guilty 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 you know that 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 i mean that gets in yeah. his head and and it makes him do stupid things it's going to you know with twitter it will be it would be enhanced i mean you know i i just think i mean i was saying this in as you know, I was saying this in 2019 and 2020 sure, that, sure. that, you know, the Democrats need to hire, the Democrats needed to hire, basically get, get a bunch of, get a bunch of psych, psychiatric and psychological consultants and have them work with ad makers and just do stuff to make them crazy. I mean, um, folks don't know this, and, but really one of the origin stories of the Lincoln Project was George and I had lunch in New York one day and we started right. talking about ads and it just like all clicked together. Yeah, you know, because I, 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 I made the yeah. point that, hey, you could you could run these ads and, you know, this is like, you know, I don't know your business the way you do. But I mean, one of the things I've, I learned um, in 2016 is that because because Brad Parscale screwed up, actually, it's another story. He screwed up and he bought ad time in the district of Columbia, which makes absolutely no sense thinking because somebody thought, Hey, you know, well, you'll get this in Northern Virginia. No. No. And so you can just buy, you know, you can, you can just almost micro target, which is an internet term. And you could just like, Hey, just fine. And I said to you at that lunch, let's just, Hey, who's the cable provider at the white house? Just run the ads in there. I mean, you know, you know, and then next thing you know, you're running 5,000 for $5,000 a night. You, you, it's, it's crazy. And, um, you know, um, the rest is history. Well, well we all Fine. hoped that we would have an end to this Trump story. At, no, uh, I know. It's at the end of 20, so but uh, 
God, God is a God. We, we live in the hands of a cruel and angry God. So we're going to we have to keep marching down this trail a little longer, yeah. my friend. Yeah. Well, George, thank you so much for coming on. Today. Thanks for having me. Having it's always back. a pleasure. Yeah, it's always fun. We didn't get to do our Trump impressions, which yours is better than mine. But next time, next time, folks, yeah. we'll do the whole thing in character. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks, George. All right. Appreciate talk to you, you later. Bye. So heading up the enemies list today is Kanye. Yee, yay, Kanye. I don't care what name he's called this week. We have now reached a point where anti-Semitism has been so mainstreamed in American culture that a guy who was a cultural icon, was a giant in American music, has now been reduced to someone whose obvious mental incapacities have have led him to start ranting about the conspiracies of, uh, conspiracies of the Jews. And this is some crazy, like, Protocols of the Elders of Zion shit. This is way over the top. Now, Kanye is, you know, obviously an anti-Semite. He has expressed it clearly. I'm going to take him at his word for what he believes. But the fact is, there are a lot of people in this country that have empowered Kanye and people like him. One of them was Adidas, who until last week uh, was one of Kanye's biggest sponsors. They finally dropped him after having to have their heads kicked in for days on end and have to have stock price crash for days on end until they got rid of him. There needs to be something in the in the business culture of this country where you realize you've crossed a moral red line. The other com- companies that have dropped Kanye, including Balenciaga, have done the right thing. I think they were the first, so God bless them. If you're going to have somebody who is a raging anti-Semite sponsoring your brand or involved with your brand, it's on you. But there's one more th- one more element the end of this story. So Kanye had become this symbol of, of MAGA, of Republicanism, of defiance. And you had the House Judiciary Committee uh, tweet out a few days ago, uh, Elon Kanye Trump. You had Fox News with, you know, Tucker Carlson's White Power Hour have Kanye on. And they did a very carefully edited interview with Kanye. Even that interview was crazy. But what they cut out of the interview was Kanye's raging anti-Semitic remarks. Now, I'm sorry. If you saw that, even on the cutting room floor, you had an obligation as a news organization, if Fox wants to be called that, and they usually don't, especially when they're in court, you had an obligation, just a baseline moral obligation to not have that kind of person on your air. You don't have serial killers on cooking shows, for fuck's sake. You don't have people who abuse children or or batter women on shows about advice for how you run your family. This is the kind of thing where there should be a base moral understanding that when you find someone who expresses these opinions, you're not stifling their free speech when you cut them off. You're cleaning up the rest of the world. You're protecting yourself from, from from the grotesque moral pollution that kind of belief set reflects. So people who have empowered Kanye, and frankly, you too, Kanye, get your shit together. You're on the enemies list. Thanks for listening to the enemies list. If you have any questions or comments, you can hit me up on Twitter at the Rick Wilson. Of course, I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and every other possible podcast format in the world, including people who strap USB memory sticks to the legs of pigeons and fly them around the city. And I'd also really appreciate it if you would like and share this podcast and review it. That really helps. We're trying to grow it. This is our second episode, and we're really looking forward to reaching many more people. The response so far has been amazing, and I'm so honored. 
but we look forward to, uh, to growing our podcast family here as we talk about the rest of the 2022 election cycle and beyond. And don't forget, stay off the list. <laughs>